y'all, and welcome back to the For the One podcast. I'm your host, KK Hooper, and today is actually really special because we have yet another guest on our show, Ase Ali. Ase is actually my boss, fun fact, but more importantly, he is first and foremost a passionate follower of Jesus. As a former professional soccer player from London, he is married to his wife, Heather, with two precious baby girls. Ase ministers for Jesus not only in his everyday life, but also in his profession as a residence hall coordinator for Texas Tech Housing. Ase is on fire for the Lord and lives to make God's name known. He joins us on the For the One podcast to encourage listeners to boldly proclaim the name of Jesus. Y'all, help me welcome Ase to the show. Hey, Ase. Hey, how's it going, KK? Good, how are you? I'm doing well. TGIFS Friday. Um, I'm stoked, I'm ecstatic, I'm elated that the weekend is upon us. How are you? I'm doing really good. Yeah, yeah I'd say the weekend. I'm excited. Yeah. Very good time to rest. Yes, I, it's, it's, it's so funny. I feel that the older you get um, in life, Friday's just become one of those days where it's like, this is truly a blessing. You know? So... <laughs> Of course, it's been a long week, but, you know, of course, Friday is today. And so hopefully just have an opportunity to kind of rest, recuperate, just to kind of rejuvenate and just renew the mind, you know, um, hopefully this evening, this weekend, and then get back to the right race on Monday. Okay. No. So, hey, Mondays are blessings too. Mondays are, yes. Mondays <laughs> are. are it's, it's just hard to kind of reset back into the chaos after yeah. resting. But, in, hey, in essence, these times were made for working. Mm-hmm. Again, for the glory of God, and so I don't mind that. It's just, it's just that it's like you, you just want the weekend to be longer. Mm-hmm, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so one thing that we always like to get started with our guest is if you have any book recommendations. Yeah, books are great. Books are wonderful. Um, just right off the bat, um, I do have a few recommendations, um, but I do want to say this briefly. So books are are good, you know wonderful pieces of tools um, to help uh, of course inform us um, books are informational you know um, and then of course there's one book that's transformational you know the bible um, so I just want to kind of put out there because I feel that sometimes people can be so engrossed and so focused on like hey this Christian author wrote this book is great 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 but knowing that books are you know especially um, and, and hopefully books you know that are you know written of course by these authors there should be reference points you know from the bible you know like there is nothing that can ever substitute the bible but these books are good um so okay so books um, that i do recommend so i got done reading a book called good and beautiful and kind by rich Vallados, um, who is a pastor um, of a multi-racial church in i think the bronx new york uh, he's really just like his writing style was just amazing and it's just so incredible in terms of what he talks about. So in essence, he kind of touches on how broken and how fractitious the world is mm. and how, you know, we as Christians need to really come back to the mindset of how can we be good and beautiful and kind and takes the Holy Spirit, you know, like to do that in us and through us. He also talks about, of course, the world, you know, literally just a few years ago was was literally crippled and dogged by COVID-19. Mm. Um, and we're not kind of out of it yet, but like, of course, it's kind of on a back burner. And he used this analogy of CPR and it, and it was just really, really incredible and really interesting. So, um, uh, so CPR, um, C stood for, what's it called now? It was, uh, I, I forget what it's called now, but it was, it was just a really cool analogy. I'm trying to think. I can't even remember top of my head. But it was <laughs> okay. just such a very cool analogy. Um, but he's writing style, and I think him honing it back to, again, Jesus and the work and us being, you know, just renewed and refined and being good and beautiful and kind of being that light to a very dark world, you know, like it does something and there's impact in that. Um, so I got done with that book. I'm reading, um, and, um, so I'm currently reading a book. Uh, it's called Reading While Black. Mm. by Issa McCauley. Um, and he does a really um, interesting job in bringing 
truth and bring a perspective to many readers who think that the Bible took place in Europe and is, you know, and whitewashed. Yes, and whitewashed mm-hmm. and, 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 you know, and Eurocentric and, you know, and Jesus was white, you know, with blonde hair and blue eyes. Um, and the sad reality is that people believe that, you know. But it, like, it, if you look in the Bible, and sometimes at the very back of the Bible, right, you actually have like, again, like a map of all these stories, right? Mm-hmm. It took place maybe in Asia. North Africa, the Horn of Africa, and you know, and the, grew yes, up in Egypt. Yes, yeah, yeah, you know, so yeah, and so and it's and, and so he does a really good job to really pervade truth to the nuances and this lie that people have been kind of sold that you know the Bible took place in America or England, yeah, and, you know, and that Jesus was white and he was you know a European and and you know and and but again that's a ploy you know with so many different things i can talk about um in detail uh but he does a really good job to kind of understand that like okay for example like moses you know who got used you know to actually bring mm-hmm. them, you know the wonderful people of israel who were stolen as well out of captivity from the land of egypt his wife right was literally like bronze like like literally the bible like it describes the skin as like a bronze color Mm. And bronze is all white. So, <laughs> and then I know that in the book of um, it's either First or Second Samuel, you know, where of course David is just 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 this young guy, just fresh, kid, just hit doing cool things. It describes his skin as like a brownish red, mm. you know. And so he does a really good job to kind of again help people who may be new, of course, in the faith, or people who have been in faith for thirty years, or or you know, and who just have that ignorance that every character in the bible is white mm-hmm. you know so and then um and then i and then a book i do recommend is um there's a guy called carlos whitaker i don't know if you've heard about him he's really dope so he is a speaker writer author um and his wife is a farmer like it like it's really cool they live in tennessee <laughs> and he um wrote a book and i, I think it just got released a couple months ago it's called how to human Mm. Um, and in essence that book talks about especially when there are a lot of controversies taking place globally you know with you know again political hostility racism you know all the many things that continue to dog you know the u.s the west and this country how do we um like stand with people you know and, and and not on issues and so standing with people um, and not necessarily on people, but standing with people so that we can try and like unpack, you know, the complexities of the different issues. And so, and so, yeah. Um, oh, yes. CPR, right? <laughs> Got it. C stands for COVID-19. It happened in 2020. P stands for political hostility. And R stands for racial tension. Mm. So that acronym was like... Those years yes, right there. Yeah, right. So CPR. So like in the acronym of the CPR, like, it needs saving from itself, you know, because yeah. CPR, right? You administer CPR to save someone. <laughs> it literally needs saving from itself. And knowing that the only one who can save is Jesus. You mm. know? And so literally, right, we're going through, especially here in the US, although I'm not American, you know, I live here, you know, my wife and kids are American. Like America needs CPR from yeah. itself because it's going through CPR. Oh and so, so yeah. Um, and so that's what I kind of recommend. That was long-winded, but Books are great. I'm a voracious reader. I love to read for pleasure and leisure. Um, and it's just, it's, it's just, again, like I said earlier on, it's an opportunity to kind of really transcribe and to really dissect things as a reference point to then come back to the transformational word, which is the Bible. Mm. So I really like the second book you mentioned about like how, no, they were like dark skinned and not yeah, reading white. Black, yeah, by Issa yes. McCoy. Yes. It reminded me. So have you heard of the show, The Chosen? Yes, I have. Have you my watched father, it? I've, I've watched some of it. My father-in-law, he geeks out about that. He loves that. It is so good. So I just finished season three. You did, yeah. And so right now, like, personally, I'm reading Acts. And I'm never oh, like, amazing, yeah. um, what, what's cool about The Chosen is it brings people that, 
don't know, we always read things from our own perspectives, right? And I think that's how people tend to like whitewash the Bible or turn right. it into like something American when it's like, no, it started in the Middle East. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, and like without context, but I really like the chosen because it brings to light, like, no, Jesus wasn't some stoic guy. Like yes. he was very personable yes, and like his was. disciples, they weren't, they weren't perfect. They weren't, they no. fought, they fought. Yes, and like, yes, yeah. it's just really cool. Cause it brought to life. Like now I'm reading acts. And I can see like, I now picture in my head mm-hmm. what their personalities were and Man, what like, yeah, because of, yeah, yes. Oh my goodness. Really cool. So yeah. I love things like that, yeah. that really bring to light, like the reality, like, no, it's not some, fairy tale thing or stoic thing or white thing like no it was real and it happened and like people were sad people were injured and like yeah. jesus came and like fixed all that like it mm-hmm. it was real yeah. and anyway i love resources like that yeah i know absolutely yeah i know because it brings a level of um intimacy even while you're reading the scripture and i feel that sometimes people read the word of god and just think that these are just mere characters. Yeah. Like, you know, happened way back then. You know, they just, like, this, like, it was real. Like, like it was real. Like, they had emotions just like us. Mm-hmm. You know, again, like you said, you know, even some of the disciples, you know, and, you know, and especially just as Carrie, you know, Judas, you know, again, what he did, like, betray, betray you, like, to the highest level. You know, and so again, it's not just like just oh, like that was just a story. No, these are real life stories, right? Inspired by the mm-hmm. Holy Spirit, in which these people wrote, right, and try to encapsulate what happened. You know, and what's and so, crazy is like when they depicted like Jesus coming, he never came and became a disciple with malicious intent. No, no, yeah, he was correct. like fully devoted he was and like he serving, yeah, and like wanting to use his business skill set to like help further the ministry. Yeah, yeah. And he still like fell into that. Like uh-huh. like he loved him so much that he felt so guilty afterwards yeah. that he comes yeah. up. Yeah. Yes. yeah it's, it's crazy, right? Because here is Jesus Christ, right? In the splendor of his majesty, it's the eleventh hour and he's in the garden right of Gethsemane. And in the word of God, it literally says that he was so overwhelmed, right, that he was crying, that his tears were like drops of blood, right? And so, like even the, like, even the humanity of Jesus Christ, I wouldn't say, because he was 100% man, right, and 100% God, he felt the things that he felt, you know, and, and so that's why he's able to relate to, like, our pains, our issues, our problems, and that's why he's close to the brokenhearted, right? But even Jesus Christ in splendor, right, he said, note this, he said, Father, Father, take this cup away from me, humanity, right? Like, just being real, but, he, but then he then says, but above all else, let your will be done. And so, again, right, like, he had a moment where it was like, oh, boy, like, this is like, this is getting too real. But yet again, even in the midst of being, you know, just like, oh, like, he aligned himself back into the will of God and said, hey, above or else, let it will be done. And like you said, like, Judas, like, he was all in, he was committed. And like you said, he was so, he, he was so, um, just so overcome by the hurt that he'd committed right, that he gave Jesus Christ a kiss, you know, that he kissed Jesus Christ, and it was just like, you know, like, as some sort of, like, savage, like, I realized what I did, and like you said, I did wrong, you know, mm-hmm. he ended up hanging himself, and in a situation like that, you know, a story like that, and again, it was all part of, you know, the passion, and the resurrection, you know, the crucifixion, the ascension, all of that stuff, but the story of Judas is really sad because in essence, he betrays the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, right? But, you know, he mm-hmm. betrays Jesus Christ, right? And then he goes in to kill himself and it makes you think, where did he go? <laughs> where did he go? <laughs> where did he go? Yeah. So, but yeah, yeah it's, it's such a sad story. And again, it's in, like, it's in scripture for, like for us to realize that we are not exempt from that and that, Again, like in everyday lives, we like we experience the same thing, you know, like we get betrayed by our friends, you know, like, you know, or like a friend who backs out to you, who says something, you know, like in front of your face, but behind your back is saying something and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So again, it's all a learning curve of how can I learn from this? And again, and like, all in essence, how can I honor God? How can I, 
you know, like really understand that this is real and that this wasn't just like, you know, like a fable or fantasy or something that was kind of like, okay, like that happened way back then. This was real life and the story is continuing even today. Mm. I love how you meant, like mentioned you just being overwhelmed in the garden. Cause I think you telling that story again, I think is the first time I, I guess realized or that it clicked in my head that like he was overwhelmed and like, Jesus was perfect in every way, yet he got angry when people were using oh. the temple yeah, as like a marketplace. How and he got he yeah. got overwhelmed yeah. when he was praying. And there are some times where I'm like, like God, please help me not to be overwhelmed because I feel like I'm doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. But it's weird because it's like feelings aren't it's not like a sin to be angry it's mm. what you do with yes. that it's yes. not a sin to be yes. overwhelmed yes. but it's what you do with yes. that yes. and that's yes. really crazy yeah. to think because like those are very intense emotions yes. but like even in that he still overcame them yeah. and it was like perfect mm-hmm. yeah that's crazy yeah i know i know he's he's too cool for school he's too cool. cool for school <laughs> i love that you said that <laughs> oh my goodness yeah i could I could talk to you all day. Um, <laughs> so glad Jesus will be because he's changed mm-hmm. my life from inside out. And I mean that. Like, I know it's cliche, but like God has my heart. Mm-hmm. You know, like God has my heart from, from, you know, from the moment I gave my life to Christ to my very last breath. You know, God has my heart. And I think it's how do I make much of Jesus in everything? Whether that's, you know, again, in, in, in of course, in that order Jesus being the center of everything, you know, my relationship with my wife, my kids, my extended family, my work, you know, which I do, which it's it's it's, it's so funny how you talk about me being your boss because I don't even see like that's that it's, no, yeah. <laughs> I supervise you and my role is to help you guys, but more importantly it's a ministry. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a ministry field to be the extension of God's great love to you and your peers and, you know, and all the many people that we work with. And so, and so for me, I have vowed, you know, I'm, again, like in the word of God, it speaks about a vow and, and, and the, the, the weight in which a vow is and that you don't just make vows, you know, just lightly. Mm-hmm. But I have vowed that I will serve them until my very last breath. And then mm-hmm. you take your last breath and you get and then you get to heaven and you see Jesus. Oh, what a reward! Oh, too, too, too good, <laughs> too oh good. But until now, but like until then, every day is just a wonderful opportunity to just see where God can use you and just to be fully committed to where He has you and to be the extension of His love and to be the hands and feet, you know, um, of course, of Jesus Christ and to laugh when it's hard and to encourage, you know, people and to empower people and to love people, you know, so that through you, people can encounter the living God. People mm-hmm. can encounter the Holy Spirit through you. Yeah. And so and, and so interesting because sometimes, you know, when I'm interacting with folks, it's just like, you know, they'll say, there's something different about you. Like, I don't know what it is. Like, you're just, yeah, you're cool, but like, it's different. Like, what is it? And I'm like, let me tell you about Jesus. Mm. Let me thank you for this opportunity. Let me tell you about <laughs> Jesus, you know? And so I think just understanding that, you know, again, we have the Bible, you know, we have God, you know, and and and, and God puts his word above his name. And in that, like, we have the good news, right? And the good news is, in essence, the best news. Mm-hmm. Now, why would we want to? hide that from anyone like what why like if a doctor did a groundbreaking research right and he found a cure for cancer you think he's gonna hide that well i hope he doesn't no like he like they're gonna get that data out there and they're gonna try and uh, test it and do all sorts of things you know if, like in terms of first round of testing second round third round of testing and once like they have a cure they're gonna administer that globally right so that people who are sick can heal you know and so same thing for us we have the best news right that can not only save your physical body but that can save your soul mm. right why would we want to hide that why why, why would we want to hide it and i get that sometimes people are like but i don't know how to start it's your testimony share it mm. and again i know that as the world gets darker the children of god shine brighter like it's 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 mm. it's, it's, it's getting harder to 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 share the gospel because now people are now so focused on 
but I'm going to get canceled. But I'm going to get persecuted. Jesus got canceled. He got killed. There you go. Killed. Period. There you go. He rose again, though. Yeah. I know, I know. <laughs> and, so you're, and so you're meaning to tell me that the reason why you don't want to share the gospel, right, that like the God, he saved you like literally from the jaws of hell, right? By dying, like the greatest act of love ever depicted, John 3, 16, there was no other love greater, that he will send his only begotten son to die for you so that you can have access to the Father. And now that you have eternal salvation, you're, you are insured, right? And so because you're saying, oh, because I'm going to get canceled, I'm like, I'm not going to share that with someone else so that they can have their eternal salvation guaranteed. How dare you? There are people all over the world. My parents are from Nigeria, right? Yeah. And it's it's split. It's literally 50% Christians and 50% Islam. Mm. Like in, 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 in places in Africa and Asia, there are people, right, who are giving their lives to Christ and who are being persecuted, who are literally being like like beheaded, like who are like who are like dying, right? And there are underground churches where people are literally saying, Hey, I am going to this underground church, and if this is like the last time I ever live. I'm going to do it with seven Jesus. But we're so spoiled here in the West. We're mm-hmm. so spoiled in the U.S. where we go to some mega churches. Everyone's dressed up in their three-piece suits, Sunday best. And it's just like we're just going through the motions in our comfortable chairs. We have AC in the churches and stuff like that. Yeah. And we're, I, I, we're missing the point of what the gospel really is. Again, like the, look, the disciples, right? Again, when Jesus Christ ascended, right? He said, well, go and make disciples of all nations, right? That was a mandate. That was a, like, it, like, it was a requirement. It wasn't like, yeah, if you if want, you want to, it, no. no yeah. It wasn't optional. And these disciples, right, while they were doing it, they got persecuted, crucified upside down, you know, like literally thrown into like hot oil. Like They were they getting stoned, stoned and then walk away yeah. like happy yeah. because yeah. they got stoned. Yeah. And so these folks were persecuted and Again, I think we need to wake up and realize that, hey, if we, and of course, like, we don't want to die. Yeah. I get that, that's human nature. But if persecution was to come, right, so be it. Being a Christian, it doesn't mean that your life is going to be easy. Mm-mm. But what it does mean, right, is that when the chaos ensues and when there's issues and problems, God is going to be with you until the very end of time. I'm reminded of what it said, right, when King David said in Psalm 23, um, uh, he says, your rod and your staff comfort me. Yea, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. And so he's not negating the fact that, like, I'm not going to walk through it. He's saying, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, even if there are, like, there are issues and there are things and issues upon issues and issues and life is just throwing a curveball after curveball after like, I will fear no evil for you are with me. You're right and stuff to comfort me. Knowing that God is ever present, even when things look bleak. Even when things are not going great, knowing that God, He like He is near and He is close to us, you know. But again, I think just coming back to, it, like, we have to just realize that man, like, like, the gospel is 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 so beautiful, it's so powerful, it's so profound, and we need to share it with people who don't know, like, who don't know yeah. about Jesus, or people who kind of are just like. Hey, tell me more, you know. And if we get cancelled, so be it. Who cares? If we get persecuted, so be it. Jesus Christ was. Mm-hmm. So if he was, how much more? You know, like if he was cancelled, then we're going to be cancelled. Mm-hmm. It's okay. Yeah, it's okay. You know, so you know. It's crazy. Yeah. I um, you were talking about like people in the East were all like getting yes, in the far you know, killed yeah. for their faith. Yeah, I feel like they may they're getting like obviously physically killed, yeah. but I can see like the Western world getting just like spiritually like Oof. lulled oh, to their spiritual death. Yeah. Yeah. Of like it's so easy to just <clears throat> slip into the ways of the world. Yeah. When you look too similar to the world. Yeah. Yeah. And when you're trying not to offend anyone, but yeah. it's like. No, the gospel is offensive. Yes, it is. Like Jesus, yeah. he was a Jew, and he was offending all kinds he of Jews with his. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, Who is this guy? And he was doing it in the most loving way, yes. but he's not gonna like. He's not here to appease people, no, and no. we shouldn't be and either. Should we? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I agree. No, I love that. I agree. Okay, so 
obviously you're so just like a well of wisdom and knowledge. I would Jesus. love <laughs> Jesus for, for <laughs> Jesus. Um, I would love for you to share your testimony with our listeners so I can yeah. see how God is working through you. Yeah. Your vow, like you mentioned. Yeah, before. yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, goodness, my testimony is, is again, just a beautiful story of how God has rescued me. You know, mm. there is, you know, you know, there is no, um, 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 aspect in the sense that like, like to have a testimony, right. You should have gone through many tests, uh-huh. you know? Um, and so there's no test without testimony. There is no mess without message. Mm. Um, and so my testimony is, 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 is one that's near and dear to my heart. Again, it declares and, and it proclaims just the goodness of God. And it, it starts with just even going back to my parents, you know, my father, you know, growing up, he, he didn't necessarily grow up in a Christian home. Um, and in fact, both my parents, they were born and raised in Nigeria. Um, my dad, he moved to Russia uh, when he was about 16, 17. My mother moved to the UK as well in her teenage years as well. So fairly young. And, um, my father, he didn't really grow up in a Christian household. Uh, my mother, she grew up as an Anglican, um, I believe. Uh, and my father didn't give his life to Christ um, until I think his early 20s, you know, when he was a grad student in Moscow, Russia. Um, my mom, I think, grew up more as, well, within the Christian realm of the house. Um, but they became Christians um, and, of course, married each other, had us. I always say that the best thing my parents did for me ever is to introduce me and my siblings to Jesus Christ at a very young age. Because as soon as we gained that introduction and we knew about Jesus Christ um, and we were curious and we wanted to know more, Jesus Christ, in essence, really arrested our hearts and said, yes, like, you belong to me. And I do. And we do. Um, So I grew up in a Christian home. um, And so I was going to my local church. And I remember... Even in Sunday school, I was so, um, I'm someone who I can find curiosity in the sorts of things, you know, like even like a housekeeper folks, you know, as they clean, you know, at times I would just kind of stop them in their tracks and kind of just ask them, like, why are you doing that? Like, how does that help, you know, things become, you know, mm-hmm. even cleaner? And so, of course, in Sunday school, we had, you know, good Sunday school teachers and we would learn stories about, you know, David, you know, King David and first and second Samuel, about Noah, about Adam and Eve, um, you know, about, you know, all the different stories, you know, you know about Samuel and how he anointed David and all these different, um, you know, just you know, kid stories in the Bible. Um, another thing that my parents did is I remember um, for a, a good amount of period, I think this was when I was in middle school, every Saturday we had Bible study. Every Saturday morning we had Bible study. Wait, that's so sweet. Yes. Uh, and that was really cool. So it was Bible study and, and either my mom or dad would lead it. And it was probably for like an hour, and it was, and I, I and I feel that we, like myself, my yeah, my brother and sister, because I have brother and sister piece, we gained so just so much insight, just about yes, the stories, just but again, but about the scripture itself. Um, and so we did that for years, um, and so I was probably around, I want to say ten or eleven, and I wanted to serve, you know. I wanted to do something. And, and I remember there was an opening in our local church to be an usher and to kind of help out. And, and of course they said, okay, like if you want to serve, you know, you don't have to serve. You're really young. But I was like, no, I like, I want to serve, you know? And so I did the whole extensive training of, you know, <laughs> of being an usher and taking my attendance and greeting people and loving people. And I did that starting at the age of 11 and, and I was an usher you know, for our local church and I would sit um, at the front door and kind of greet people. Good morning. How are you? Happy Sunday. God bless you. And it and it was so cool just meeting all the different folk and you know and stuff like that. And then um, towards the end, I had to do attendance with a clicky thing, and you had to like, <laughs> you know make sure that it was accurate and things of that nature. And then we'll put it in the spreadsheet and all that good stuff. Um, but but during that time, um, I spoke to my parents and I said, "Yes, I'm in. I'm going to give my life to Christ. I want to give my life to Jesus Christ." because he he has saved me and he has done so much work in my life. I don't want to be part of that story. And I want to give my life to him and, and just, I just render everything to him. Um, and so I remember, you know, and I'm sure a lot of people can relate to this, you know, you're 
your dad or your mom or your youth pastor takes you to the of course the sin and salvation prayer yeah, and you repeat after them and all that good stuff and in that moment I thought something would happen something <laughs> deep down would kind of like like happen and nothing happened and it, and it was just like okay cool um I had given my life to Jesus Christ and because I'd given my life to Jesus Christ I was very aware that I, you know, for me, there was a standard and I had to be an ambassador for Jesus, you know, mm-hmm. like to be an ambassador of someone is to represent that person or that nation or that region in a way, right, that's applicable to them. And so to be an ambassador of Jesus Christ, right, if you look at the wonderful book of Galatians 5.22, it speaks about the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, tenderness, kindness, meaning it's like all, like all these different things. And so to be an ambassador, right, I knew that I had to exemplify the fruit of the spirit. Like I had to love people, not only when like they loved me back, but when it was hard. Mm-hmm. When it was hard, and to fully love them, to love them with a genuine kind of love, or you know, or or when someone kind of did something mean to me, and it's like, can I kindness? You know, <laughs> and all these different things. And so, but for me, it was so wonderful because during that time, God was doing work in. It was only working my heart. My prayer life had changed. I was so intense with my prayers. I remember, and again, and for me, that's why I say my parents, the best thing they did for me was institutions of Christ. Because along with, of course, the Bible studies that we did on Saturdays, every night, my mom will make us read Psalms 91. I don't know if you read Psalms 91, but Psalms 91 is, it's, it's a powerful prayer for protection. Like, um, Psalms 91, Psalms 23, Psalm 71, Psalms 73. Like, we had to memorize that. And then on top of that, right, I would, like, literally cut out, like, my favorite scriptures and write it down and I'll stick it up and set a tape on my wall, oh. like, you know, like, right in front of my bed and kind of just, like, just read these scriptures and meditate, meditate on the scriptures. In fact, I want to think in Psalms chapter 73, King David, he writes this psalm. And it talks about meditating on the word of God, like just like being so in love with the word of God, like in the night watches, you're just thinking about the word of God in the morning, early in the morning, you're, you're, you're still thinking about the word of God and you're just like wanting to allow the word of God to, to, to just really encapsulate you from the inside out, you know? Um, and in fact, there's like an analogy where it talks about, you know, when you eat something, and you try and bring it up, right, to eat it again, to enjoy it again. You know, like cows, you know, uh, uh, they regurgitate, like, their grass or something to kind of, like, like munch up again, to kind of eat it again. Uh, but in essence, like, just being so, so, just so about the Word of God. I don't want to use the word, like, obsessed, but just being so crazy. Well, yeah, like, just being so crazy about the Word of God. Um, and so, yes, yeah, so I was an usher. I gave my life to Jesus Christ. You know, God was doing great things in you know within the neighborhood of my life and just everything. And it came to a point where I needed to tell folks about Jesus. Like I needed to tell folks about the great work that he had done in my life and that I was literally dead to my sin and that the Holy Spirit had changed me from the inside out. And and it, it was great, you know. And I think for me it was so interesting because in school in the UK, I was I was head boy, I was captain of the science team. I was captain of the track and field team. I was captain of the soccer team. I was a peer mentor. I was on president. I, I was doing so many different things. And so I was deemed as a cool kid, right? And just like, okay, like he's a cool kid. <laughs> um, and, and 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 for me, I, I, I also was a cool kid. I was just well known because I was in all the extracurricular activities and things of that nature. And of course, I remember starting, to, like I started to tell people about Jesus. And people were like, like, you're cool and you believe in that? And I was like, oh, this is not going to be as easy as I thought. Because I just thought, you know, because I'm cool, I'm going to tell the folks about Jesus and people are going to be like, yay. Yeah, I had another thing. And they're like, lame. Yeah, it's (laughs) like, you're cool, but that's lame. It's just like, wait, what? And so that was really interesting. But again, you know, God did so much in the sense that even in the heart, you know, it was just saying, yeah, like, like, this is... Like, this is what I'm about. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like, this is what I'm about. Um, and then I grew my faith. Um, I grew in, because again, as a Christian, right, it is impossible to please God if you don't have faith, right? 
And so even when things, you know, of course life happens and you know, like I'm really just praying and having faith and trusting God. And so in that season, my faith was exercised and I was reading more scripture and just being, and just really just doing all sorts of things with my church, whether it was church camp or all these different things. Um, and then it wasn't until 2012 was huge for me. It was, it, it was a really big year for me because that was the year I moved um, out here to the US. And I'll never forget, it was February 18th, 2012. Now, there was so much that was going on in our church. Um, and a lot of people are, are probably going to understand this or may not understand this simply because I don't know if people kind of understand Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, where it talks about we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers in high places. Christianity, of course, as Christians, Jesus Christ is our everything. Along with that, right, he gives us the spirit of the sermon through the Holy Spirit, right? As we have the Holy Spirit, we're able to discern things, good, bad, evil. Now, there is a spiritual realm that sometimes I feel that the Western church is like, huh, what is that? I'm oblivious to that. Yeah. There's, you know, there's a spiritual realm. And so during 2010, 11, 12, there was a lot of things going on in our church. Uh, a lot of um, just things where people, especially leadership, um, were trying to, I think, bring the church down. It, it, it was really, like, it was a really interesting time. Like in your church back home? The US yeah, back or home. Like the world? Yeah, back home? Yeah, okay, yeah. Okay. yeah, back home. And, and I remember, um, I remember I just literally sat down with our worship team and a couple of folks and we just spoke about Jesus, literally just spoke about, you know, just the essence of God you know, in terms of what he's doing in our lives and how, you know, for example, you know, like people who did great things in the Bible, why are we not seeing it now? Like, mm-hmm. for example, Elijah, right? Yep. He said, hey, God, let it rain, you know, and it rained. Like, if we were to pray that same prayer, do we have enough faith to believe God that if we said, hey, God, like, let it rain because it's been pretty dry and love it. Like, do we have that faith that God is going to bring rain? Like, ha- having that faith. And so we're just talking about that. And, and, it was it was just a great conversation, and I think it was needed because again there was just so much going on in our church where certain people needed to leave in order for our church to move forward because there were people who had agendas that were bringing the church like back and holding it back from what God had in store. Now we wanted to end, of course, this conversation, and we were just brimming with confidence, and we were so inspired by the Word of God, and it, it was so 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 good. And so, of course, you know, we proceeded to pray. We said, hey, like, this was so great. Let's pray out, you know. And so I remember we started to pray. We held hands. It was probably about no more than 10 of us. And as we started to pray, I think my cousin on my right shoulder was praying. And she was just praying of just, God, like, we just want you. We just want you. And help us to go deeper in our faith. Because... There is like there is so much for us to learn about just God and, yeah, and, and, and who he is and the word of God. Like, you know, we can never ever graduate from, hey, like, I know God inside out, you know, like, you know, mm-hmm. and even when you graduate from seminary, there's still a lot of things for you to learn and to live out. You know? Even when we're in heaven, like we will yes, always we're, be we're learning. Always gonna, we're always, always going to be learning. Like, yeah. It's going to be a celebration feast of just learning and learning and learning and being with God, mm. you know, which is so awesome. Can't wait. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. So my cousin was praying. And as she was praying, her hand was kind of shaking. And I was like, okay, cool, cool, cool. And so I was like, for me, I didn't really take anything into account in terms of what was going on. And I remember her hand got awfully hot. And I was like, what is going on? And so before I could even open my eyes again, I don't know what happened, KK. But what I would tell you is that we encountered the Holy Spirit. I remember kind of just being on the other side of the church. It's Chris crazy and just crying and just saying, God, like, I want you. I, we want more of you. Pour out your spirit on this generation. 
primal spirit in this region, in this country, in this in this world. And and it, it, and we were just praying, and I could help though just all the other folks just praying and crying. The 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 like how I felt like I just it was just like utopia. It was just, it was just just oh, I can't even describe it. Mm. It just it was just this overwhelming everlasting joy that was too much. Wow. It was it was just flowing. It was just it was flowing. It was just. It was just like a high. I couldn't believe it. I was like, it was just like, what am I feeling? I just feel too good. It was just the Holy Spirit. And and I, and I remember vividly, we wanted to end that conversation around probably two, three. After that encounter that we had with the Holy Spirit, it was like 11 p.m. It felt like 10 minutes. Really? It was wild. It felt like 10 minutes. The senior pastor, in fact, who is actually my uncle, comes in, right, because it was on a Saturday. So he, I think, went into his office to prep for his sermon, right? He comes into the main sanctuary. He looks at all of us. We look exhausted. And he just looks at us, and he, and he literally said, I can feel the Holy Spirit strongly. Oh, my goodness. And we just sat down there like, yeah. It was it was wild, and in, so why do I say that? I said that for a few things. After that had happened, right? God worked. Some people that didn't need to be at that church, one by one, they just began to leave. They began to leave. New people who needed to come to that church, they began to come. And it was just, and the way God moved. And for me, it was just like, oh, I still want to see all of this because that was in February 2012. I moved to the States in July 2012. Oh. And so, but it was just so cool, right? Because I remember for winter break, I came back in December and KK, there were so many different people that I had never seen before who were now literally like attending that church and, and goodness, made that church their home church and God was growing. And ever since kind of that 2011-12 period, God has continued just to just grow our local church back home in London, England. And so, and so, yeah. And, but, that is a reference point of what God was doing because again, right? I, I, again, I gave my life to Christ early, and I was growing and I was learning. I just learned so much. I was in communities, but it wasn't until I think that moment where just feeling the tangible aspect of the Holy Spirit and knowing that oh, like, He is real. You know, when He said that He that He's going to pour His Spirit of, of, like upon people and nations, you know that. That's real. That's real. And I learned a lot about the spiritual realm. You know, again, you know, I spoke about earlier on, like Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, it speaks about, you know, that's, again, the spiritual aspect, like wrestling not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers in high places. So therefore, right, we have to be on guard. We have to put on the full armor of God, right? And again, that's the breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation, the sword of spirit, and the gospel shoes on. And in essence, what that means is that to be on guard, right, we can withstand the fiery dust of the enemy. What's the mean to be on guard when you're at home by yourself and you're on your computer, you have that screen time, and you have a thought? Are you going to resist temptation so that the enemy can flee? Or are you going to cave in? But to be on guard, right, and to be prayed up means that, hey, like, I know that no one's watching, but God is watching me. You know, and so again, just making sure that we're aware that there is a spiritual aspect to this world, right? And what happens in the spiritual realm usually manifests itself in the physical realm. And so being aware of that, because I feel that sometimes people are scared to kind of think about that. Well, and Christians are scared to even kind of think of just the spiritual aspect because it's like, well, I don't want to think about that. Or like, I don't want to read the book of Revelations because it talks about all these different weird things. And it's just really like, I don't know. But like, we have to be aware that there is a lot that goes on. But to God be the glory, greater is he, God, mm-hmm. who's in us than he, right? The devil who's in the world. Because Christ has overcome the world. Mm. And so we have so much hope. Yeah. So. I remember one time my sister was, I was little and she was maybe in high school. Yeah. And she was asking me, like, I don't know, we saw this post about, like, ghosts or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she was like, do you believe in ghosts? And I was like, I don't know. And she was like, 
well, if you think about it, like demons are real. I was like, what? Mm. She was like, well, you believe angels are real, don't you? I was like, well, yeah, of yeah. course they're real. She was like, well, demons are just as real. And like, just, and like, so are like spirits. Like yeah. that was crazy to think about. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's real. It's, it's, it's really real. It, real. And for us, we, we, you know, God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, mm-hmm. but he's given us a spirit of power, love, and sound mind. Mm-hmm. And so that's why we need to be prayed up. It says in First, um, in first Thessalonians 5.17 that we need to pray without ceasing. There is so much power in prayer, right? And then along with that, right, the word of God, right? We can use the word of God, right, the Bible, the scripture, right, to speak things, right? Like to speak things, you know? And so... Like again, like it's real. You know, there are people who, who if you know they are so lost in the world, right? They become possessed with demons. Mm-hmm. You know, like the same way we have the Holy Spirit living in us. Yeah. There are people who have demons in them. Like I know, of course, you know the music industry. Like is a high profile mm-hmm. case where there are all sorts of people who give their life to the devil for fame. For money, you know, but what does it profit someone if they lose their self work in the world, you know? But of course, they're doing those things. And so that's just a reality check of these things are real. And of course, you know, people are like, oh, yeah, like gut instinct, gut instinct. Okay, yeah, cool. But more than that, it's the Holy Spirit, you know, again, right? It's the spiritual antennas of, okay, I'm going there. Oh, I don't feel comfortable going there. I wonder why, and like, maybe shouldn't go there. I'm probably listening to that because the Holy Spirit may be telling you something, you know, and you discerning that. But it is real, mm-hmm. and even part of my testimony as I was growing up, you know, as a baby Christian, you're still drinking milk, and you know, I wanted to eat you know, meat. It was oh, this is real. Like it's, it's, it's yeah, it's Jesus, Jesus, you're so good, Jesus, Jesus, you're awesome. But there are so many aspects, of course, you know, within you know, like a Roman Christianity that we need to be aware of, but knowing that Jesus Christ ultimately paid the price, like that's the gospel. And that because of that, right, we, right, are now what literally cult is. And that because of that, whoever, right, believes in Jesus Christ, right, now, right, has a mansion in heaven, you know, and but also knowing that in this world, right, there's going to be persecution and we're going to suffer, how do we navigate the matrix of that? First of all, we need Jesus Christ, but we need to be prayed up. Again, we need to be reading our word. We need to be in community so that if something happens, right, we're able to discern and, and, and we're able to use the tools that God has given us, right, to either, again, literally just withstand the enemies or to do certain things so that we are making much of Jesus even in the heart. So, so yeah. Mm, so good. So good. <laughs> Um, <laughs> so I know we're like sure on time. So I'm going to get to 10 more questions that yeah. I really want to hear the Hit answers me. to. Yes, ma'am. So you were talking about how just like, how can we not share the word, like being saved? Like, yeah. how can we not share it with others? Yeah. Um, do you have any advice for people who are maybe timid or nervous when they do share the gospel? Yeah. Like one of the most prominent things I noticed about you when we first met, I remember our training was superhero themed yes, for housing yes, yes. and everyone yeah, yeah okay, they're like a- introduce your name mm-hmm. and your dorm that you work for and yeah. your favorite superhero everyone's like oh like my favorite to iron man batman yeah. whatever and you're like my favorite superhero is lord and savior jesus christ yeah. like for like 200 people i was like he did not oh snap yeah. you know <laughs> it's funny you say that because i remember like you came back to me you're like hey you said this <laughs> and i was like yeah i did say that Okay, for anyone who's timid uh, or anyone who's shy um, and who wants to share the gospel, and of course, we kind of alluded to this earlier on mm-hmm. um, of how, you know, why we want to like, not share. Um, but I get that there are people who, you know, and again, I can acknowledge that there are people who are shy. Believe it or not, when I was a child, I was shy myself. I don't believe it. You know, I, was, <laughs> I was shy myself. Um, and... and I just, I don't know. I just kind of developed into someone who kind of had a little more confidence. And of course, we still have moments, you know, and even the most confident of person still has those moments of self-doubt. So it's it, it, it's real, you know. It's just how we human and how we interact and how we kind of deal with things. But for someone who is 
shy and someone who doesn't even know how to share the gospel, I want to tell them that, first of all, they are so loved, they are so valued, they are so cherished. They are part of the greatest royal genealogy ever, even greater than the British royal family, because <laughs> they have their issues. We have Harry and William. That's it. <laughs> but what I would say is self-reflect and question why. Number one, why are you afraid to share not only the good news, the best news, right? Number two, share with someone that you can confide in that, hey, I'm dealing with this. Like, I'm struggling to share the gospel when I know that the gospel is potent and it's powerful and it's changed my life from the inside out. And number three, pray. Pray about it. Pray that the Holy Spirit will give you confidence and bonds. Pray that God will give you a level of, of, of just like just a sure confidence. Because as I said earlier on, God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. And in fact, to piggyback off of that, perfect love casts away all fear. Mm. Right? Because people talk about, oh yeah, the opposite of fear is confidence. But the opposite of fear really is love. Right? And so if you know that you have been, been, been accepted into the great family, right, of God, right, through his greatest act of love ever depicted, of course, John 3, 16, right? Again, just making sure that you are aware of that and say, okay, like, I need to pray for confidence and I, and I need to pray for, for his love, right, to just be proclaimed and to be declared, you know, like, in me and through me. And then another thing that usually helps is when, not if, when you are going to share the gospel, have a friend and y'all can do it together mm. or have a group of people and do it together. Cause what happens is that you do it and you get your reps in and then hopefully right, you gain that confidence to do it. And you're like, Oh, you know, from five you know, to four and then three and then two. And it's like, I think I can do this by myself, you know, but just knowing that there is such a great need for people to hear the gospel and it is, again, as I said, it is mandated. It's not an, like an option. And again, for us, realizing that when we do that, we're just sharing the gospel. We don't have to try and force them to accept the gospel or do the, let, leave that to God because he's perfect. He can do that. But what we should do is to say, hey, friend, let me tell you about Jesus and how he's changed my life. Now, for those who don't even know, it's like, oh, I'm scared. Like, what do I say? I don't know. Like, is it like a five-point thing? Or like, I don't know how to do it. Start with your testimony. Mm-hmm. Just start with the simple aspect of your testimony and how Christ has changed your life from the inside out. And also normalize it in the fact that you're still working on things, that you're not perfect. Because sometimes, right, we talk about a testimony and Jesus Christ, it, like, in a way where it's like, yeah, like we're perfect. We have it all figured out. No, we don't. Mm-mm. And so because of that, right, the person who's on the receiving end thinks, dang, I want this, but this is not for me because I'm not perfect. Right? Humanize it and, 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 and make it tangible in an aspect that, but I'm still working on this. I sinned yesterday and I, and I asked God for forgiveness. So it's not only for those who are perfect. In fact, it's not for those who are perfect. You know, like Jesus Christ came for those who were like who like who were brokenhearted, who were ostracized, who were marginalized. You know, like the like example, right? Woman um, who had the issue of blood. Mm-hmm. You know, and then you know, like she, like 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 she, you know, was someone who realized, oh, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, right? Um, or the text letter, you know, where people are like, screw him, he's a thief. And Jesus was like, hey, Zacchaeus, I'm going to come to your house and I'm dying with you. And people are like, wait, what? You know, or the woman at the well, you know, and, and, and all these different people who, again, right, society had kind of shunned out and said, no, no, you belong over there, not over her, you know? So again, just realizing that it's a mandate, right? We, um, there's so much joy, there should be so much joy in doing it and that, if you don't know how to start, 
that's okay. Just start with your testimony. Mm. And so I think that's very important and that people should understand that, again, it's not only life's being at stake, is people's eternity mm-hmm. is at stake. People's eternity is on the other side of whether we share the gospel or not. Let God do the rest. Let God do the germination. You know, let God, you know, massage the hard heart. Let God do all the many different things because he's perfect. He knows how to do that, right? All we need to do is to share the gospel in its whole entirety, not to sugarcoat it. It's not about the prosperity gospel. It's not about, you know, just half truth here and there. But again, as what Apostle Paul said, I don't come in fancy tongues or these big, big words. I present the gospel how it is. Mm. So. so good. <laughs> so good. Um, so one thing I like to do every episode is leave the the one who's listening mm-hmm. with just like one last sentence or two summarizing what you really like, the main point you want to get across. What mm. would you have to say for the one listening? For everyone listening um, today um, or whenever you're going to listen to this, Know this, that you are the apple of God's eye and that God sees you. As I said, that you are loved, you are valued, you are cherished. He calls you by name. He knows every single piece of hair that you have in your head. Um, And that no matter what you're going through today, give it to Jesus. That whether you're struggling with, whether it's, it's, it's your finances or your health or friendships or relationships or Whatever it may be, get plugged into a community. It's it's so important. And in fact, I want to talk about that because I think that this aspect of trying to do this Christian life alone is becoming more prevalent of like, I can just go to church by myself and then kind of hop out and be good to go. No, 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 no. no. Defeats the purpose. It defeats the whole purpose. Jesus Christ had his 12. He had 12 disciples. Jesus Christ had his 12. Jesus Christ is perfect. Like, he's majestic. 100% man, 100% God. He had his 12. And, 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 and the cool thing is that when he needed his time alone, he went to the Mount of Olives. Now, what am I trying to say? If Jesus Christ could have his 12, who is your 12? Who is your community? The importance of community, I cannot even begin to, 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 like to even stress it more. Get into community. Plug yourself in a God and in a biblical community where people can hold you accountable. People can encourage you. People can speak life for you. People can edify you. People can pray for you. Get plugged into a community. If you are not reading your word, start reading the Bible. And if you don't know where to start, you can start by John 1, you know, or, or, or even start at the beginning, you know, Genesis. But start reading your word, right? If you haven't prayed in a long time, hey, it doesn't have to be a long prayer. Start with, hey, God, thank you for waking me up today. That's it. A heart of gratitude. Like that, that moves God. He's like, mm-hmm. oh, you're grateful. Okay, watch me bless you, you know. But just, again, for those who have kind of been so far away from God, it's okay, but come back, come back. And again, the best way to come back is to plug yourself in a community. Um, you are worth it. You are worth it. For those who are struggling with even your mental health or even suicidal ideation, get help. Like, please see that therapist, you know, see that counselor, you know. It's, it's worth it. And know this, that um, I'm reminded of what the book of Psalm chapter 30, verse 5, it says, Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. This too shall pass. Give it to God. Get plugged in. Say a little prayer. Read a sentence of a scripture. Tell someone you're hurt. And, hold, and, 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 and hopefully, slowly and surely, right, watch God move but you have to be receptive, right? It says, um, I think it's in first or second, but it says that if we draw near to God, that he will draw near to us. We have to take the proactivity and take initiative to slowly come back. So, I love it. Thank you so much for your Thank time. Thank you, KK. And just 
the wisdom of God through you. It's been very enlightening to listen, and I'm sure will be so great for the listeners. Yeah, absolutely. But y'all heard it here. For the one who's listening, Jesus loves you. God bless. Thanks again for listening to the For The One podcast. Remember to follow along on our Instagram at ForTheOnePodcast underscore. And go ahead and subscribe to this podcast on your listening platform. Feel free to leave comments as I'd love to hear what you have to say. Thanks again for listening. Peace out.